You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to Dave's Corner Garage, brought to you in part by Crown Rust Control. Longer life for your car. Learn more at crown.com. A mechanic tries to fix your car, no matter if you're near or far. He'll change your oil or fix your flat, and he'll do it just like that. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now. 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, it's time to hit it. <laughs> hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Dave's Corner Garage. Uh, we all made it this morning. It was great to be here today. And Elvis is in the studio. I was just looking at that. Scared the hell out of me. Anyways. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Joining us today will be Jim Matthews from Lease Busters. And we're going to be talking about all that negative equity that these people have been flipping into their cars and why that happens. And and the scenario is why they're buying cars that they can't afford. I was go there. You know, because uh, it's easy. Because it's easy. Well, and they could afford it. Though. That's exactly right. We're going to talk about that. Mike Wilson is going to join us from Lant Insurance, and we're talking about your ride and what to do with it during the winter. Your special ride. Your, your special hobby ride. car. The one that the wife doesn't like because uh, it's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're going to be talking about that. Interesting stuff because with Lant Insurance, apparently they don't take the coverage off. Mm-hmm. You can drive it anytime you like. Cool. Alrighty, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to be interested in taking your calls. And when we come back, Jim Matthews is going to educate us on purchasing a new vehicle. And by the way, a car is the second second biggest purchase you make in your life. Wow. I think it's the third. First one was my wife. Uh-huh. Second was You didn't buy your wife. <laughs> I'm still paying. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dave's Corner Garage. We're going to be politically correct most yes. of the time exactly right after this break. Right. Hey, welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Dave Redinger with Alan Gilman. And Jim Matthews is here from Lease Busters. Uh, by the way, just before we get to Jim, I want to remind you that uh, the contest that we're giving away four tires from Salem for your car or light truck, or uh, including uh, Respiratory from Crown, is ending tomorrow. So if you don't get it in, you don't get a chance. Jim, this morning we were going to talk about a little bit about the buying experience and how people get in trouble. Well, they don't get in trouble. What they do <laughs> is... I'm in trouble. Is, okay. <laughs> well, it, it could amount to trouble, but what happens is that is that 95% or more of people, when they're buying a new car, or even a used car, are borrowing money. Whether yep. they're financing it with a loan or they're leasing it, they're borrowing money. Nobody, well, 5% at most, actually save up money and buy a car for their cash that's in their bank. So 5% of people walk in with cash and pay for the thing? Yeah, maybe that. Interesting. And, okay. and far less for a premium brand kind of thing. So soon as you take a loan or a lease, that's when the risk begins. And as a result of that risk, people are then put into a situation where they are obligated to finish the loan or the lease. Otherwise, there could be trouble. Now, having said all of that, if you look at the at today's wheel section and you look at a, a, a car ad or a manufacturer's ad, what do you see? You see a bunch of vehicles, not one. 
price. Everything's payments. Everything's payments and or incentives. Right. I'm just looking at the back page as we speak, <laughs> and uh, and there you go. There's a bunch of Nissans, and it talks about how much you got to pay a month. That's all. What's yeah. the price of that Rogue? I, you know, I did check, and, and if I had my magnifying glass in the bottom here, yeah. in the number two font, uh, there actually is a number. But uh, So all that is doing is is supporting the fact that the majority of people start by leasing or loaning or getting a loan on a vehicle. They're all payment-driven, not price of vehicles. So driven. now the guy's bought the car, he's had it for five years, and his, his lifestyle's changed or he's sick of it, or it's come out of warranty and he's afraid. So he wants to get rid of this vehicle, and its value is probably way less than what he owes against it. Well, it, it, it depends. Now, at five years, depending on the length of the loan. Right, if it's a five-year lease and you're into five years, it's pretty much done. Exactly. Yeah. Where the trouble begins is, number one, at the beginning, today, the majority of loans are between 72 and 84 months. Crazy. Wow. That's what the CBC marketplace was talking about, right. such long terms. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they have to put such long terms is because the price of a vehicle today are quite expensive, mm-hmm. and people's monthly payment and their sweet spots, if you will, are between three and $400 per month. Mm-hmm. So in order to get a twenty-eight to $33,000 vehicle at that price range, guess what? You have to extend the term to 72 to 84 months. Now, all that's fine if somebody historically keeps a car for six to seven years. No big deal. Everybody's happy. They finish their loan, and they keep paying for the car. However, after, after year two, three, or four, and somebody needs to get out of that particular car, mm-hmm. they have to trade it in for something happened in their life. We could talk about that later. That's where the huge negative equity on a, on a loan right. or lease efficiency starts, and that's where the problem begins. So the salesman says... My, well, salesman's job is to move the product. So he says, no worries, we're going to get you out of your car and we're going to get you into a new car. So he takes the negative equity and flips it into the loan for the new car. The sales rep does none of that. They oh, don't. They business don't. Business manager does. You got it. <laughs> All the sales representative does is listen to the customer yeah. and do what the customer asked them. The customer came in, said, I, I don't need this particular rogue anymore. That's too small. We need a bigger Pathfinder with seven passenger seating. What's the sales rep supposed to do? I can't sell it to well, you. of course. Because you can't afford it. <laughs> right. They don't start analyzing their credit and their equity situation at that point. Right. It's what color do you like? Exactly. <laughs> what? And do you... I think we have one in the back. We'll get it up front. We can go for a ride. And next thing you know, they're going for a ride. That's like Alan yeah. asking one of his mechanical customers, well, how do you how do you drive that car? How dare you? No, he fixes the car. He's done that though. <laughs> so the sales rep, what the sales rep does is what they're asked. Yeah. So it's not fair for any investigative reporter to ask a sales rep, "Well, did you know this? Did you ask?" They're not paid to do that. That's right. It goes to the F&I department. You got it. That's where the trouble begins. So, we can talk about all the tips that lead up to that. But really, what has anybody done wrong until that point? Up until that point, nothing. Just, nothing. Customer absolutely. came in with a with a request, with a desire, and you fulfilled it. And prior to that, they financed the vehicle for seven years, correct, or right. eight years. Yes. That's what they did. Did they do anything wrong by that? Nope. They assumed the bigger risk. That's the only right. thing they did wrong. But they couldn't put it over three or four years that loan because the monthly payment would be too expensive. It would be more than their mortgage. But they could have brought the payment down by giving a down payment. They didn't have the money. Okay. So, in other words, 
the people people have so, only so much disposable income. They have no savings. There's no such thing as a savings account. Is there anymore? Is there? Does anyone have a savings account? No, only checking account. No, they say everybody only lives. You know, they're only two two paychecks away from bankruptcy. Well, but <laughs> aside from that, though, even if you had disposable cash, what do you do with it? Me. Not you. You're you're rich. <laughs> the average percent, if they have any disposable cash, yeah. they put it into an RSP. Yeah. Because okay. that's what makes money. Mm-hmm. A savings account makes 0.5 percent interest per sick? year. <laughs> so, so the problem is the banks are the real problem. Well, we can get into that. Those guys. <laughs> we'll talk about them too. Okay, we have to take a quick break. You're listening to Dave's Corner Garage. Ali, take us out. Yeah. If we got any car care questions or questions about uh, car leasing or getting out of the ditch, maybe we can help you. Give us a call right now. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Okay, we're back again. I guess we restarted the show. I'm having deja vu. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jim was talking about the person. The person has now purchased the vehicle, or has made his decision. He's buying the car, and the salesman walks him up to the F and I department, which is the business office, and that's where the financial stuff is taken care of. Yeah, they call it the financial services office. It used okay. to be called the business office, or the finance office, or yep. the F and I office. Now, most dealerships call it the financial services office because that's what it does. It helps yep. customers get their loan or lease put together as well as sell aftermarket goods such as insurances and, and car care products and snow tires and truck accessories and so forth. Right. Well, question though, but, you know, we talked about, you know, you making the deal with, with, with the sales guy, but you really financially, you haven't made the deal. Correct. You've, okay. made, you've, you've basically settled on a price of the vehicle. And again, you know, all the, the the client is trying to get the best discount, the best deal they possibly can. But mm-hmm. really and truly, they don't know what that means right. because they're buying a payment. That's right. They're buying a payment. That's all they're doing. But they want to get a discount off the car. So everybody knows that if somebody, if, if, if the MSRP of a car is thirty three eight seventy four, mm-hmm. that they really want to buy it for 30000 if they possibly can. So that's what they're doing at that point in time. And, you know, the other funny thing was when you were advertising, they were advertising weekly payments now, yeah. you know, $69 a week or whatever, and it still comes out to 500 <laughs> And the, ba- the reason behind that is mathematics because most people are saying, okay, well, geez, if it's $70 a week times four, well, that's, well, that's only $280 a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if it's every two weeks, because most people get paid every two weeks. So they're just trying to lower the monthly payment and make people do a little bit more work in terms of how much is that really costing me? That's right. But that's okay. You were talking about, you know, helping our listeners to get that better price. Now, when a trade-in is involved, when should they bring that up? Okay. So so my, my basic tip is if you have a vehicle that you owe money on and you are trading it in mm-hmm. and you are not 80%, so the key number is 80% through that loan or 80% of completion. What you should be doing is negotiate a new vehicle deal without introducing your trade-in at that point. You want to be able to figure out exactly what the car is going to cost you as well as what your monthly payments are going to be. Long before you talk about Before the you enter the trade. Now, you don't want to waste anybody's time. You don't want to wait, waste the dealership's time and the sales rep time and the, and the F&I or the financial services manager's time. You want to say, I need the best deal I possibly can. I don't have a trade, and I'm doing my research. I'm getting some quotes. Mm-hmm. Once you've done that, you collect the information that you need, and you decide which vehicle you want to buy. Then you introduce your trade. So they will now take your trade and whatever the wholesale value of the yeah. trade is, yeah. plus a little bit of reconditioning, yep. that's what they're going to offer to you. Exactly. And to be fair to the dealerships, folks, please don't go to Auto Trader and Kijiji and see what everybody's asking for similar vehicles. Right. Because, again, you know, that's what people are asking. 
Those are retail asking prices, right, correct? Right, and and you know you could you could be talking th- two, three, four, five thousand dollar difference. Between Absolutely, what the traded value is actually worth, which is wholesale value versus retail value. Now, correct. They, can they come to a company like yours and say uh, it's out of the lease, but can you can you move it for me? They could, but we're, we don't do that. Uh, lease busters and finance busters helps people who are actually in trouble that can't uh-huh. make the deal. Okay. So what happens is, so now the new car, pardon me, the used car trade-in is introduced, and now instead of the monthly payment being over 72 months being $300 a month, now over 84 months, so a year longer term, the payment is $380 a month. Did you write it down? So now you're paying $80 more per month over one year longer. How much money is that? Mm-hmm. That's about Seven to eight thousand dollars more. Poor guys. So this is where the neg- big negative equity gets built into the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And again, though, the financial services manager, the dealership, is selling a payment. The customer can afford three hundred eighty dollars. They don't want to pay three eighty, but they prefer to pay three hundred. But they can afford three hundred eighty dollars. They need to get out of that car, and now they're into an eighty-four month contract as opposed to. Okay, 72. so this is scenario number one, mm-hmm. first car. We want, let's go down five years from now, and we're in scenario number two, Correct. where he has now the same thing happening again, and he's now to $60,000 loan for a $40,000 car. Right. Okay, so now what happens is the, the person has a, a deal that that has you know five $6,000 too much in the, into the yeah. loan, and the same type of condition applies. So now they're really buried. So really what it depends on now is will the finance company finance that much over MSRP? Yeah. Because now we're going to go to a 96 monthly uh, loan over at $490 a month just to get out of that car. So it'll never stop. Exactly. So we're seeing a change in in actually the way the demographic will look at a car rather than buying the thing. We're just going to rent it for, for, for so many payments a month, and that's what transportation costs. Right. But now what we got to do, though, is stop the negative equity train. So let's talk about that. Exactly. And, and if you don't think this is important, there are cases where you couldn't buy a house because you had so much negative equity in your car that uh, they refused you. Your your um, FICO number would be really low. Yeah, because you're, that the service ratio is way out of whack. It's way out of whack. So let's talk about that, too. The what, the what number? The FICO number. FICO number. I don't know what it means, but it isn't. It's, that sounds like an F word. <laughs> yeah, it's the F word. No, no FICO way are we going to loan you money. <laughs> this is Dave's Corner Garage. Uh, we got a raft of uh, questions and answers, and we're going to be right back. Thanks. All right, we're in class today with Jim Matthews, learning about buying cars and and what to look out for. And uh, one of the solutions that you you have two companies actually, you have lease busters and finance busters. That's correct. Yeah. And so let's talk about how they get out of the ditch. Okay, so in the scenarios where the client cannot make a deal, where the and by the way, most people cannot make that deal. Right. When there's so much negative equity, they just can't do it. They can't extend their monthly payment. They don't want to extend the term. So we're not talking about a widespread, huge problem. However, when there's a situation like that and the people really have to get out of their lease or their loan, they call us or they, or, or they, they put in a form online and one of our leasing or, or finance specialists call them. And what we do, what Lease Busters does is quite easy. 
we have a huge marketplace of people who want to take over leases. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter how much neg or lease deficiency, which is a leasing term for negative equity. Right. It doesn't matter what that is because nobody's buying anything. Mm -hmm. The car's not being bought out. So somebody's simply taking over the payment and the remaining term. It's very clean. It's easy. And we've been doing it for 27 years with huge success and huge support of the OEMs and dealer body. Is there a criteria, like is it a, is it a five-year-old car easier to move down the line or is it a three-year-old car? Is there some kind of a sweet spot? Yes, and, and it's not so much the age of the car because all the leases are new leases, so they're all anywhere between one to four years old. Right. So it's really the term is the sweet spot. Between 24 and 30 months is the sweet spot where they're more, there's a huge market for people who want to take over that. And by the way, the reason being is they get tired of the car after two years. So yes. they take over a lease for two years or two and a half years, give it back, and they take over another lease. And, and, and don't forget that we, we, we've talked about, you know, this, this long term that people are keeping their vehicles. And in the third and fourth year, um, whether they're releasing it or, you know, refinancing, that's when the repairs are going to start happening. Exactly. So yeah. if you can hold it, hardly make that $400 a month, you know, payment, all of a sudden you need brakes is $800. You need four tires is 1000 bucks. So those things have to be kept in mind too. Exactly, and that's where that's where the marketplace investigation by CBC had indicated that people have all this monthly payment for this long term, and they're not being counseled that after three to four years you're going to have to start doing the maintenance, tires, brakes, exhaust, yeah, right? There's so a couple so grand right there. Exactly. Yeah. So add two hundred dollars per month, or twenty four hundred a year, for that particular problem, mm -hmm. and that's and that's a reality. And here's another scenario. It's it's seven years down the road, and that thing has got two hundred ninety thousand kilometers. It's worth two bucks. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't have much of a market value. But again, after seven years, most finance contracts are paid. Yes. So so that's the lease side. On the finance side, we have finance busters, and finance busters is does the same thing. We try to find people to take over the payment. So we don't try to find people to uh. buy the car per se. They take over the payment. Now they're buying the car for for the payout amount of that contract, mm -hmm. but what they want is the payment. So if somebody has 44 months remaining on a 72-month finance contract, they can simply take over the, that 44 months. So the actual contract that the customer has, the original customer, is the is the actual currency. Right. So it's really slick. The downside, I'm sorry, I'll, there's a little bit more bad news here. Not one <laughs> chartered bank allows their contract to be assumed. To be transferred. Oh, is that oh, right? Not wow. one bank. Even if the original guy stays as co-signer? Not one bank. No, you're kidding. Shout out to the chartered banks. Shame, yeah. shame, shame. <laughs> Not one bank. Five OEM, so five manufacturers, finance companies allows it. That's it. Toyota, Honda, Ford, Mercedes. There's one more and I can't remember. Interesting. Yes. Now, the reason also being, probably Acura, because it's part of Honda. Yeah. So the reason being that, that they recognize the value of the equity of the car. These cars seem to hold their value better than, I don't know, a Chevy Cruze or something. What, the OEMs? No, the, you know what? They're, they're, just, they're just more forward thinking. Okay. That's, that's really it. And that could be part of it, Dave. But it, really what it is is they re, they're respecting their customer. I'm not saying the others don't, but they're saying, look, if you can find someone to take over that finance contract. We don't care. Yeah, we're happy to have the customer that wants the car. Yeah. The banks don't do it because... Evidently, there's just not a big enough demand for people to have their contract transferred. Well, you see, I can see the, the, the manufacturer doing it because I now have another customer into my Honda. Absolutely. Right? So I've picked up a guy who drives the car, and they like it. So they're, they're a new car customer potential. Yep. Right? Yeah. And the other reason why we've been told the banks don't do it is 
Many of the banks work with the manufacturers insofar as they get the subsidization money. So in other words, Scotiabank or TD will offer, you know, 0.9% financing. Now that's not from them. That's subsidized by the manufacturer. Well, that money's given to the banks. So that's pursuant to that one contract. Now there's one thing that happened to me mm-hmm. is I had bought a Crossfire and I drove it for two years. I got a call from Chrysler. It says, hey, how many miles in your crossfire? I go 30,000 kilometers. Great. You want to bring it back, and we're going to get you into another car mm-hmm. with no no penalties, nothing. Just step out of that car and step into another one. Mm-hmm. Reason? Negative equity is not a penalty. It's not a penalty, right? Right. They just bury it into the next one. Okay. There's not a penalty. No, no, no. They didn't bury the next one yeah. because the next one I paid cash. <laughs> but the reality was mm-hmm. they took that car to the auto auction. Yeah. And it didn't bring the money. It was twenty-eight thousand left on the contract. It only brought seventeen thousand dollars at the auction. Did they not know that beforehand? I well, I went and I asked. Yeah. I said, "How can that happen? How can you sell for seventeen? I actually bid on it. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was they have insurance. So the, the the manufacturer buys this insurance for negative equity. But that's only at the end of the lease, though. Okay. Not during the lease or the finance contract. It's only on the end of the lease. It's it, it's. It's, it's very common. It's so complicated, this business. <laughs> it, but that part isn't it. That, that part's kind of easy. Yeah. They're, they're insuring the residuals. That's Residual exactly right. insurance. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Alan? Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you know, if you miss any of our shows, you can go to our website or download our podcast. It's free. Go to davescornergarage.com. And right after the break, we're going to be talking to Mike Wilson from Lant Insurance. Yes. He's going to be talking about specialty cars and how you can get them covered and save yourself some money. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Already, you heard the commercial, and now he is here live. Uh, Mike Wilson uh, from Lant Insurance is with us. Mike, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are we doing? You know, my philosophy, any day you wake up is a great day. So, there you go, and we're, we don't have any snow, so it's even better. <laughs> it's true. Actually, they're predicting a warmer winter and uh, a little more snow than we had last year, which probably means an actual snowfall. <laughs> that's okay. We'll take it, I guess, right? Milder right. temps. Well, you know what? When 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 winter comes around, though, people, you know, they generally don't bring out their specialty cars, and and of course, the thought is, why should I be paying insurance for a car that I can't drive? Exactly. Yep. So, well, I guess one unique thing about our policy here compared to regular auto insurance is a lot of guys will remove coverages uh, when they put the vehicles in storage. So our policies are actually year round. So. You have that nice day, late fall, early spring. You want to go around the block or, or cruise the downtown strip. Peace of mind. You have full coverage year-round on our policy. So what you're saying is it's never it never canceled. I mean, I have a car in Florida, and I had to take off the insurance and just leave fire and theft. Mm-hmm. And here you wouldn't have to. You don't have to. It's all built into the rates and, uh, you know, one less thing you have to worry about if you want to take your car out. So I have a question. How do you recognize it as being a classic? Say I have a 04 Mustang convertible, or, or would that be a classic? Well, uh, you know, terminology, right? It, I would classify that as a modern collectible. Okay. Which, you know, definitely it, it would qualify for our program. Interesting, because I was thinking, why am I paying insurance for the year and it's not being used? <laughs> so the other question we had was, when you put your car away, and I, I know you deal with this, is, all right, I'm not going to drive it. We're going to take it off the road. What are, what's the process that we go through putting it away? Sure, sure. Well, you know, I think everybody has their own kind of tips and tricks, but some of the best practices actually that I use personally 
A um, couple things like the location. Uh, you want to make sure that it's sheltered, you know, from wind, uh, nothing's falling on the car. Uh, you want to make sure it's dry, you know, ideally like a concrete floor. Some people jack them up in the in the wintertime there. Um, Put them on you blocks. You, you, def- you definitely don't want to have it sitting on dirt or grass or anything, you know, to prevent, like, you know, build up from humidity or moisture. Um, obviously, checking the fluids, uh, you know, changing the oil, uh, topping up antifreeze, you know, the gas. I'm a big believer in the stabilizer, so I will put that in in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, obviously, you know, you, a very important step for myself is, is removing the battery. I actually disconnect that, and then I do put it on a trickle charger mm-hmm. uh, just to preserve the charge throughout the winter months when it's not being used. So, um, you know, not everybody would use that, but I personally like that, so... I heard that if you put a couple of mothballs inside that you don't get uh, critters. <laughs> well, actually, I was going to move on to some rodents there. You know, obviously, <laughs> they love chewing on wires and nesting in your interior and, you know, all that good stuff. So, um, again, personally, I use cloves. I love the smell of them. Uh, you know, it's nice. They're, they're easy to use. I just sprinkle them all under the hood and uh, um, use a little bit of steel wool in the, the exhaust pipes or air intake just you know, prevent people or not oh, people, uh, some, some critters from getting in there. So, yeah. But, yeah, definitely the old uh, mothball trick does work as well. You know, you get in the car, I feel like having a salad. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, you're ham or something. <laughs> I have to tell you a funny story. We used to have this body shop that that we used to give the used cars to that we didn't want to spend a lot of money on. He used yep. to use old pizza boxes to hold the bondo up. And when he finished, oh the car smelled like pizza. And the guy comes in and he goes, I don't know, but I just feel like eating pizza all the time. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. A little subliminal advertising. Yeah. Right? There yeah. you go. There so, you go. I do. I do know of some people that uh, even use uh, bounce sheets. Oh, <laughs> Keep, keeps it smelling fresh all year long. So basically, if it doesn't smell right, then the critters aren't going to get in there. There you go. Right. As a matter of fact, go. you know, it was important. Um, I, I heard this. We did a show on insurance a few weeks back. I didn't realize that if you remove the insurance from your vehicle, and let's say you parked it in the underground of your apartment building, right, and someone else whacks your car, yeah, yeah. at uh, some point you get you have no coverage. Is that right? Exactly. And, and on a regular auto policy, if you're removing everything but uh, your comprehensive coverage, windshields, fire steps, exactly right. If someone moves a vehicle around it and bumps your car. There's really no physical damage for an accident. There's no collision coverage or uh, what we call as direct compensation property damage. So technically, that's that's an accident, uh, a collision. So there is no coverage for that. So one thing about our policy, it's covered year-round. If that happens, there's coverage. Crazy story before we leave you. Uh, Freddie told me this story. Freddie DeFrancesco, uh, who's our insurance guy too, and he says to me, a guy parks his car on the street, a Pedestrians walk along reading his phone, and he walks into the guy's car and gets hurt. So the car's sitting there. Nobody's in it. It's locked and everything else. The guy's insurance from the car had to pay his medical bills. Wow, yep. crazy. Isn't that weird? It, it's, it all falls <laughs> under the accident benefits. Mike, what's the uh, website there? Yeah, it's uh, landinsurance.ca. All right, super. Appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time for calling us today. Yeah, and if you look at our website and you click on Dave's Corner Garage, they have a, a logo there. Click on that and it'll tell you whatever's going on, the car shows or whatever events are going on in in, the, in Ontario. Uh, they collect all that information and put it out there. All right. Yep, and we've even got articles, blogs. Check it out for sure. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it, guys. Okay. Bye-bye.
All right, we got to run. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be back in just a moment. Alrighty, you're listening to Dave's Corner Garage, and I'm Dave Redinger. Alan Gelman is here. Jim Matthews is here from Lease Busters, and we have our audience. I forgot. Steve Scheim is with us, and Sebastian behind the board. And we're going to the phones and talk to Werner. Warner and Tilsonburg. Tilsonburg, where men are men. Tire question. How are you, Warner? I'm fine. You? Good, Good, thank you. I have this, uh, I have sailing tires on my car. Uh Uh-huh. And there's about 20,000 kilometers on it. Mm -hmm. And it makes that quivering noise that you can hear when you're driving. It's, you know, uh, whether it's normal or... There's, there's mud and snow tires. Mm-hmm. Are they heavy thread? Or is the tread heavy? Is it? Uh... Yeah, it's heavy. Yeah, so that's probably be normal. Well, it could be that. I mean, certainly winter tires do make more noise because yeah. of the different tread uh-huh. pattern. But I'm concerned that you may have a wheel bearing issue. Because wheel of, bearing. Yeah, see, the first thing that when people start talking about a noise from their car is uh, even in the summertime, they'll say, uh, my car sounds like either they'll say it sounds like an airplane or they'll say it sounds like I have snow tires on, but I don't have snow tires on. Yeah. Um, and so it could, in fact, be a wheel bearing. Um, what to do is, it, can you tell me the faster you go, the louder it gets, correct? Uh, not really. It it stays the same. I thought it was the heat in the summer, mm-hmm. and now it's still there. It's, a, it's not really bothersome, but it's an unusual noise. It's quivering. Like. Well, because it's unusual, I, I would take it into the shop and, uh, first of all, take your mechanic out for a ride in the car so he can hear it and you yeah. can point it out to him because yeah. then in the end, what he's going to do is lift it up on the hoist and actually put the car in drive and then listen and see if there is noise, you know, up in the air. And then uh, normally they use a stethoscope and if it's got a bad wheel bearing, you can find it that way. Alrighty? Yeah. And by, by the way, Salem Tires have warranty. Uh, if, if you check with the tire dealer, and it goes by how much tread there's left, but they yeah. they would change the tires if they were bad. I've I've had it into the mechanic, mm-hmm. and he went through the whole works. It cost me a hundred and some odd dollars to set it up. Yeah, but did alignment for you perhaps? And and balance it at the whole works. So they're probably okay. It's probably normal. It's normal, eh? Yeah, yeah, probably normal. So I have to listen to it. That's all. Turn all right, Warner. Take care. Thanks for calling. Take the okay. wife or turn the radio up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to go to Jim next, who's got a question about purchasing a vehicle. Jim? Yeah. How are you doing? Not too bad. Good. Um, I, I have a small business. I use three vehicles. Uh-huh. One uh, I'm having paid off in January. The other two I own, they're just uh, used. My question is both are, two are kind of high mileage. One is a Volvo, which uh, if I knew better, I would have never bought. But um, it's kind of mid-range mileage. I'm wondering, uh, once I get sort of this one paid off, what should I do long-term uh, for vehicles? Purchasing sort of three vehicles uh, to run my business a good idea, leasing, or just stay in the used vehicles? Great questions. Jim? Jim, I'm going to let Jim answer that. How many kilometers per year do you put on, uh, on per vehicle, Jim? Uh, quite a few. We uh, we are contractors, so we uh, we're doing painting and renovations. So we drive wherever the money is. Fair enough. But is that is that thirty thousand a year, forty thousand a year? I would say we do probably at least a thirty to fifty. Between, okay. So at thirty to fifty thousand per year, my advice still would be to lease the vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason being is. Your vehicles are part of your business. You got to get to the job, and you want a reasonably reliable or very reliable vehicle. 
most of the time. If you lease new cars and you set up the lease at 120 to 140,000 kilometers for the term of a four-year term, you'll pay a little bit more per month. But every every four years, you'll get into a new vehicle and you spread them out. At, you know, in in so far as you don't want all of them coming up at the same time, and most importantly. They're, you're, you're virtually maintenance-free for the first couple of years, and you're not continuously fixing the vehicles. And financially, you can write it off as an expense to your company. And if you log the mileage and any any extensive mileage, for personal mileage or some of that, you you can take as personal income. Otherwise, everything is paid for by the company. Exactly. You're paying, and that was the final thing. Yeah. With leases, you're, and you can with finance agreements as well. But you can only do it for so long, for three years. Yes. Um, but with leases, you can literally write off and pay for that vehicle with pre-tax dollars as opposed to after-tax dollars. So that's the other benefit. So good, good, reliable vehicles and pre-tax dollars on the lease. And make sure what you buy is popular. That's really important. If you're buying a, a brand that nobody wants... You're going to have a problem getting rid of it at the other end, and the lease costs will be higher. Well, not if he goes full term, Dave. If he goes oh, full term, then he simply gives the He's, vehicle back okay. and starts again. So, right. and that's why you know, if you look at all all the big companies, Coke and Pepsi, and and uh, you know, Home Depot, whatever the case may be, all their vehicles, whether they're company cars or trucks or whatever, they're all leased, and they're all leased for the reason we just discussed. Yeah, good idea. Good, all good, right, Jim. Good. Uh, who would I talk to then? What do you recommend? In terms of, uh, well, it just depends on the brand of, of truck or car you're looking for and simply go to the local dealer because they all have what is called retail leases and that's what you'd want to be getting into. And one thing you should know also, there's another company that, that uh, Jim is involved with called Car Cost Canada and they can get you the prices and discounts that are available for whoever you're picking. Yeah, that would be probably a pretty good start is, is spec out the vehicles you're looking for yeah. at Car Cost Canada. And actually, their program has a referral to a dealer that specializes in giving good deals. Yeah, it's free too, right? The first yeah, one's free. first one's free. Yeah. yeah. And it's Car Cost? Yeah, carcostcanada.com. All right, I will definitely look into that. Perfect. Yep. Thanks for calling, Jim. Okay. Thank you. Great call and good timing. Oh, we forgot. We, we should tell him not to get another Volvo, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he, he said, you know, I got a Volvo. I don't know why the hell I bought that in the first place. Well, I'll the reason being is that they're, as you know, Alan, they're, they're expensive to repair. Yes, they are. And when they break, they break big. And and even the Swedes don't didn't want to own them anymore. I just they're owned. I think they're owned by uh, a Chinese company no, now. No, Ford, Ford bought them. Yes. And then Sweden bought them back. No, yeah, no, no, but I think a Chinese Motors. company owns them. No, no, Geely. You're, you're thinking of Tata. Tata. Tata owns, owns Jaguar and Land Rover. Well, yeah, Tata for now. The, you hear the music in the Don't background. Don't say that. I just bought a Volvo. We got to go. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll talk to Lou in King City right after this break. <laughs> okay, we're back, and we're going to be talking with uh We're going to talk Lou. to Lou in King City. Yeah. Lou's got a tribute. What can we do for you, Lou? Yes, uh, thanks for taking my call. I have a real strange uh, situation going on with the Mazda Tribute. Uh-huh. It's an 09. It's the same as a Ford Escape. Yes. Now, all these things that happen are not, they're not related. They all happen at different times. Like okay. the dials go to zero. Yep. And when that happens, the turn signal goes off as well. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing that's related. The, uh, the heater selector stay, goes off to a defroster. And mm. nothing else, I cannot do any more selection. The seat heater goes off. The LED display goes full of pixels. Mm-hmm. The, the battery light 
<laughs> is on, but the the uh, alternator is still charging. But there is a flutter in the uh, in the brightness. Mm-hmm. Also, the power steering it goes stiff. It goes on and off while I drive. Okay, hey, Lou, Lou, Lou. I think yeah. what we should do is we sh- we sh- we should get you out of this vehicle. Is really what we ought to do. Hope it doesn't owe any money on it. <laughs> you got a big list of electrical issues that are quite costly to fix. Um, you know what? Sorry, Dave. Do you have a question? Yeah. You got an answer for him. <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk. <laughs> I made a bet I wasn't going to answer this. There's too uh, many things. I mean, the dash cluster itself is his the reason is that's in the all alternator. bad. His problem is in the alternator. Yeah, you're not. There is a field wire in the alternator that tends to corrode. Have your mechanic check the alternator, and there's a field wire on the side. That connection corrodes. When that corrodes, the alternator cuts out, and that everything you're discussing happens. Oh, you think just the alternator will fix everything? Yeah, the field wire's gone. All right, Lou, thanks for calling Thank in you. with that. Lou, that cost me a buck. <laughs> <laughs> we made a bet I was going to talk. I hope Lou calls back next week after Alrighty. he gets the repair. Okay, uh, the last question I had for Jim, which I really want to get through, is how important is it to buy the right car when you want to flip your, your, your lease earlier and get out of it? So that's really important, isn't it? Of course. I mean, you know, a particular vehicle, unfortunately, is very subjective. So, yeah. you know, you drive, you, you drive Mustangs, you drive, you know, whatever Mercedes, you know, I, I drive a Ford, Alan drives a Honda, Steve drives a Jeep. It drives so, me crazy. That's really what it does. <laughs> and, the, you know, the, the, the challenge is that every new car within the marketplace today are good and they all have a market position. They're all, you know, they, there's all, they all have a percentage of people liking them and not liking them. Are there more popular cars? Yes, there are. But I don't like Toyotas. They're, or or they're, Hondas. Or, yeah, or, or in this. But like Toyota, for example, they're one of the most popular cars in Canada, same as, same as Honda, mm-hmm. in so, in, certainly in the urban areas. But why don't you like them? I, I've... Right now, I find them, you know, somewhat boring. Although you look at the new Camry, oh, you're talking style. Yeah, yeah. no, no, they're you appliances. At, they're yeah. appliances. But you look at the new Camry. Oh my, very, yeah. very nice car. They, they, they got that one right. But and, and things change and tastes change, and that's really what the challenge is. But you are absolutely correct. But I think that's more luck of the draw, because okay. today, you know, a, a Honda Civic might be really, really popular today. But then for, you know, two years from today when you're trying to get out of that particular lease, now the new Nissan Sentra all, you know, is way more popular, whatever the case may be, or the Cruise or the Focus. You what just about don't between know. a stick and an automatic? Nobody drives stick anymore. Nobody drives stick can't anymore. Even, right? in, in fact, in so many cars, you can't even get a manual transmission. Nobody knows how to drive. In fact... I like to drive stick every once in a while. Yeah, not in not in the Greater Toronto area. I don't. No, because your foot's in a clutch. Well, all I, the time. Exactly. I get. I get. But so I, I think from a from a repair perspective, though, I mean, you know, you're talking about styling, and and, and of course, you can go anywhere you want on that. Um, but especially if you're going to do a lease takeover, for example, um, you, you're going to want to get le- get yourself into a lease that's uh, because maybe in the end you're going to want to buy the car. Okay, you want to, and ultimately you want a car that's in, in re- that's that's pretty reliable. You but know, but aren't you, you're, aren't they all though? By and large, for the first three years, yeah. No, but the, 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 you're, but the you're right. Cars, you're right. They don't make yeah. any really horrible cars there, there anymore. A, there really is. But there certainly are cars that you know, as they age, you know, they they don't age gracefully. Sure. And you know, especially we all know, you, you, you know, you don't buy yourself an old German car because all you're going to end up with is expensive repair bills, whether it's a BMW, a Mercedes, a Mini. Uh, I'm going through a horrible thing right now with somebody with a Mini where. 
can't get fixed, and uh, and nobody's able to help. It's really a shame. And they can't figure it out? Is no, that... no, correct. Yeah. Well, I've heard horror stories like transmissions that cost $15,000, you know, on Audi, four-wheel drive, da-da-da-da. Yeah, to, probably for a brand new one, but a remanufactured yeah. one is probably cheaper. But yeah. I, I do agree that, you know, when a vehicle is, you know, north of eight or nine years old, because mm-hmm. as, as we all know, the average new car cycle for new car buyers in Canada is nine years. So that means a 9, 10, 11-year-old car in Canada is actually still a pretty good car and a pretty reliable yeah. car. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a 2007. Wow. They're good cars. <laughs> Give us your website. Leasebusters and financebusters.com. Right. You get on the site, it says French English, then where you pick where you go. The nice thing is, too, for the old people that aren't computer savvy, you have actual people who will talk to you on the phone and work your way through it. Exactly, Alan, and that's a great point that, you know, our life has become so electronic. Our company maintains a very, 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 you know, um, harmonious balance between traditional business with people as well as a huge online presence. I think it's really, really important. How unique people, <laughs> and 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 lots of them, and we got some really strong people that I love it. that will help. And that's what they're there. It's good night. Uh, see you later. <laughs> Dave it was a great show. Thanks for our listeners for calling in. Yep. Drive Thank safely, you. everyone, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. 